When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Huh? Trap in the trap. This is for the dollars. Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like a subscribe, you gotta show me. I applied pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the south popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk tool. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, Nick, throw my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the bed, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, I was 16 days away Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 88 X-Factor like Dez Bryant, my boy 88 Why dream light when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day They know my destination, Devi, like I hang with Ray If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today Drop, drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you here today Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you here today Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you here today Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay, huh? Treat this mic like an ATM. Let's make a trade today. <laughs> Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Adam, I am on the casting couch. I landed just a little bit ago. I am live and in person, just like last year at the Expo, but this time a much better setup. It's always good to see you. I'm so glad I got out of uh, I got out of getting a connecting flight out of Atlanta. Instead, I went through O'Hare, much better airport. Atlanta, fix your shit. <laughs> it's horrible. 
it's horrible O'Hare you're doing it right but I'm live and in person sitting on the casting couch so if you know you, you know, know. <laughs> if you know you know Dynasty Generous if you know you know yeah man uh looking into the soul of McNutt this time not not just you know here you talk this time into the same mic and you know we've cleaned it up a little bit cleaned our act up a little bit uh man it's it's crazy this is tradition now like last year for the expo I knew I was excited. I knew like it's this this sounds really fun. Let's yeah, let's do that. And it was. It was great. Uh got to meet Ray, got to meet Jay Rich, got to see them meet for the first time. Got to you know meet Gene. I I mean, list goes on and on. So many people that I got to meet and such a cool experience um along the way. Getting to meet the campus to Canton guys. Like I mean, I can go on endless memories and all of that and I'm still thinking man so many people to meet this year and in year two going into this you know going to pick Mike up from the airport to me it's all the same but he's telling me how great it is because he didn't have to go to Atlanta (laughs) and you know the thing is though right we get to the same spots a lot of the times but the way we want to go there is different in year to year and I want Mike still sitting on that casting couch but I don't want to you know Use the same mic. I want to. I want to grow a little bit. You know, I just want him to have to sit on the cast couch. And I, 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 there's a lot of things that I think we get from this space. But the expo man is going to be something now that's tradition. You do it once, it's you did it once. You do it twice, you've now decided to make it a tradition. And the expo for me is honestly at this point. You know, you can you can look at the Scott Fishbowl. I mean, you can for a lot of people now. I mean, almost, there's like 750,000 people. Um, their start of the season was when Sleeper deemed that, you know, there was a quarterback horde going on and a lot of ruckus going on in the league. So, <laughs> But for me, the start of the season is the Expo. And that's that's my Super Bowl. I, I look forward to the Expo because it is a community event in which, at a fundamental level, every person there even though it may be a little slight tweak in difference, they have a love for the game of football and ultimately for fantasy. That starts the relationship off in a different level than going out into the world and going to the bank or going wherever you may go. I like to, you know, at ATM, I like to think of going to the bank, but it it doesn't matter. You don't have the same fundamental guarantee of this person cares enough about fantasy football that they're going to think about it all the time. Right. That puts you in a different space. And I think that's, what's so cool about that event is it's growing and we all have the same fundamental cause of being there, which I think makes all the time that you spend there so much more valuable and all the people you get to meet so much more cool. It's a, it's a, it's an event that I look forward to and it feels like it was forever ago. I had Bob on while you were gone, Bob Long, uh, put this whole thing together. Uh, Bob's incredible. We had that podcast here, right here on Destination Devi 4D Chess while Adam was out, and I got to talk to Bob. Uh, we did it the year before. Uh, the year before, a lot more nervous. Now it feels like Bob's a friend. It feels like Bob's a friend. I know last year his daughter was going around interviewing people afterwards. We got to meet her. So many incredible people that we got to meet. Such a welcoming community. Like you said, everybody starts off with the same base. doesn't matter if you like Dynasty Redraft you know, best ball, whatever you're into, 
everybody just likes football and we like discussing football so we got to chop it up with the uh, dynasty rewind guys last year Uh, i'd never heard of uh, justin henry at the time and getting to meet him and just having a random conversation on a saturday night party while i'm waiting for my uh $20 $20 vodka lemonade, <laughs> extremely long line. Vividly remember that. And we, of course, we talked to Bob. It, it felt like a minute that we really started getting going on the party. Of course, we got a nice little rain shower. So hopefully the weather cooperates this year. No rain showers. Nobody wants to get wet. But the expo is incredible. I know Bob said they're really stepping it up this year. And, and some of the stuff I've already seen and talked to Bob about, uh, Des Bryant making an appearance at the Fantasy Football Expo. And not just Des Bryant, former football player, I could say Des Bryant, fantasy analyst, doing his own thing and doing it quite well. Uh, Pretty exciting that he's going to be there, and I think pretty fondly of Des Bryant. Even though he was a cowboy, I still remember him. I you don't like the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. I despise the Cowboys. But You like the X. It was a Twitter thing. You like the X. Yeah, they throw the X up. <laughs> but Des, uh, Des out there, I remember vividly at Oklahoma State, and he was just kind of that guy. Even on NCAA football games, I'd I'd make the creative player wide receiver, and it looked just like Des Bryant, right? You get the uh, yep. You get the number one jersey. You get the clear visor. You get that six three, two hundred and twenty pound monster out there, athletic freak. So, Des Bryant at the Fantasy Expo is pretty damn incredible, and I'm glad he's going to make an appearance. And he's just one of the big ones that's going to be out there. Lisa Ann coming. Uh, her content has been phenomenal yep. over the years. She's going to be there. Another big name. And then, of course, I mean, you got all the mainstays. Uh, one of the guys last year, I know that I was uh, hesitant to go and say what's up to. Like, I still had that little bit of, oh, man, this is a big name. Uh, Lawrence from NBC Sports. Mm. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We, Interesting. We, we, we saw him hanging out, and I was like, I should go say what's up. Nah, I'm too scared. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Pass. I, it's funny how a year goes by, and this is the first time I'm hearing this on, on 4D. Um, I love that story. Man, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's, that's hysterical. Well, we had that one, too. I mean, you and I, when we finally did actually make it to the expo part on Sunday, uh, standing there in awe. It least... makes it seem like we literally like came in for the last three minutes, and they're like kicking us out. Like we, like we, tr- like we came to the kitchen at clothes and tried to order. We did. I mean, <laughs> you don't... My point is not whether it's true or not. You, it's true, okay. But <laughs> shout out to Ike and Gene. That's Cap, man. Because we did come with like three minutes to go, and they're like, "You guys got to leave." Yeah, thanks for. Uh, but everyone else was here all day. But we were standing there, and I remember we would walk around and kind of looked at some stuff, and then uh, standing up there and watching Bob Harris do yeah. the Sirius XM show, and that, and that is something that I'd listen to. I don't know him. Him and uh, the football diehards on my drive home from work. I have no many. I, I can't even tell you how many times I listened to that show and watching him do it in person, live on air. I was just in awe. Like, yeah. oh, do you know who that is? <laughs> That's Bob Harris. So we still have those moments, and I'm sure I'll probably have a couple this year as well. But it feels a lot better the second time around than it does the first time, where I'm like, ah, hey, we. We didn't die this last year. Like we didn't get killed off. We didn't get canceled. Uh, we're still doing it. Apparently, people still listen to us. I have no idea why, but they, they do. And uh, what we've been doing over at well, South Harmon just keeps growing, which is incredible. So I can't, I can't stress enough that the second year just feels a little bit better than the first year. Where I'm going, oh, I feel like I don't belong. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Mike 
I've done some hard hard looking in the mirror, and I think the Trey Lance Brock Purdy stuff that you've been doing has really brought a lot of viewership to what we're <laughs> You think doing. that's it? Yeah. <laughs> I got to lean into it. Well, I mean, I, I know it's definitely brought people to continue <laughs> to look, but I don't know in what regard or what capacity they take it. But um, no, all jokes aside, I remember uh, the same thing, the Bob Harris, and I remember, um, you know, we're not going to go down this road here on 4D, but there, there's been a big change in the space as far as how people consume content and which way uh, companies that are, you know, what we're used to as staples in the community as far as getting content out, whether it's yeah. audio and video and, you know, newsletters and articles. And there's a big change in the guard happening. And I remember vividly when Matthew Berry started the, you know, fantasy life and, you know, see, seeing and looking at that, because, like, I, I followed a lot of people along the way, but Matthew Berry is basically the first person that I've watched his stuff, and it's because he, he's kind of, a, in a way, a pioneer. I'm not going to say he was the first person to ever do it, but he was the pers- first person to do it on that type of a scale, you yeah. know, where everyone just, like, knows who that guy is. The people who don't even play fantasy. They know who Matthew, if, right. if they know Matthew Berry's name, they know what he does. Exactly. And that made him different than anyone else in the space. And it's like, like this guy's got fa- the fantasy life. And I remember at that point thinking, man, there is something happening here. Like you talk about, we, we can transition this actually into the running back landscape and how like y- y- you can feel right now, whether you like it or not, agree with it or not, there is something happening and it is big. And the magnitude is changing the way that we, play in dynasty the way that the nfl views these players and i remember like at that time i the bob harris thing happened i remember um speaking of the girls the kendall was doing a podcast and it was with that big you know if you know it there's the colors and it's matthew barry's fantasy life on the big huge banner and i'm like man this is crazy because i've i've like watched him through all these different things a lot of it was espn and then he left there and now it's like he's got his own thing and for me, it was at that point, like, I didn't know what I was doing there. I, literally, I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> period. But, you know, it's like, man, that, that's pretty cool. He's doing his own thing. Like, this is, he's already the biggest guy out there, but now he's got his own brand. And, um, that, that's kind of what we're trying to do at this point, Mike, for ourselves as well is, um, what we started out from the beginning when we started here on Destination Debbie was continue to make good content and, bring dynasty degenerate stuff that we play and care about in our leagues. And, uh, that, that culminated for me in that moment there, like seeing that and thinking about all those different transitions and how we got here. And it's like, wow, there's a lot to unpack. But for me, it was, that was like a five to 10 second moment where I'm like unpacking and unraveling all of that in the expo. And, um, I think first and foremost, let's talk about the running back position. I think that's a good parallel it's something that you can feel and I don't care how you feel about it, but you can feel it. And the fact that everybody can feel it means that it's real. Well, just think about this year and the, uh, the timeline that we've kind of already gone through, right? We end the, uh, the last year's season and you and I both admit we're like, man, we were way too high on running backs, right? The NFL is saying that, Hey, no, nobody wants running backs, 
right? We don't. We just don't care. They get injured too much. We can feel it in the dynasty space. They just don't carry the weight they do. And, right. you know, this time last year we're still talking about, you. Know, is Jonathan Taylor worth three firsts? Right. And now you're at the point where you go. And and unfortunately, I'll admit, we were on the wrong side of that debate. That's fine. That's ago. actually, I learn more from being wrong. Oh, of course. Right. Because when I'm wrong, it usually kicks me right in the teeth. It makes it makes you evaluate your process differently. When you're right, you don't have to do anything. Right. Right. <laughs> you just sit there and you kind of <laughs> laugh at everyone else. And they're the ones that are wrong. He's sitting there, and I'm thinking, like, man, I was so right on Justin Fields last year. Everybody hated him. I was so right on Tua. Everybody I mean, hated him. Here's the theory. Here, here's the biggest takeaway from that. It, imagine a season where Mike was right on everything, and how, oh. I mean, you, no one would want to even be around. Yeah, I'm with you. The only thing that would make me more insufferable is when uh, Brock Purdy is cut, and Trey Lance is named the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Anyway, that sorry for that um, sponsorship <laughs> ad. Back to the regular scheduled show. You know Trey Lance pays me every time I mention it, I think. You, uh, have you been cashing those? Yeah. No, I've been keeping them in escrow. <laughs> I'm a smart businessman now. But uh, So the running back, we, we kind of went in, and I would say probably January, February, both you and I had a feeling. We did a lot of AMAs on this where people are talking. We said, hey, we were wrong on this. And, yes, the running back landscape is, is changing I do think, and we kind of future casted. I said, I think when you get into startup drafts, so people are going to swing so wildly where these running backs are massive, massive values, right? Like I understand nobody wants running backs anymore, and we're all about the wide receivers, and we saw exactly that. The thing is, I didn't think I didn't think it was going to keep going. Right. I didn't think it was going to keep going to the levels it was, and you right. throw in a couple of these big name running backs and guys that we felt pretty sure about Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, now Jonathan Taylor, you throw these guys into uncertain contract situations and their teams telling them we ain't doing shit. We ain't paying you. Uh, we don't give a shit like show up or don't either you do or not. And you can say maybe Saquon kind of got a win, at least in his book, he's making possibly $900,000 more than he would have this year. But is that really a win? When this is a guy... It was a concession, I think. If you think about Saquon, I mean, Chris McCaffrey in reality is is the top paid running back overall in, in average value. I don't I don't count Bijan because you get all the... What's sign- he making this season, right? Yeah, sure. exactly. You get all that signing bonus uh, thrown in. But Chris McCaffrey is, is the top paid guy. And you, you think about just a few years ago, Saquon Barkley's commanding... 15 16 17 million dollars a year in a four-year deal give or take somewhere in that ballpark Mm. and and because he passed that he he got franchise tag and then didn't sign it and then they reworked the deal he got an extra nine hundred thousand. like he's making 11 million dollars tops this year and this is a guy a couple years ago we would have been like oh yeah saquon probably damn near worth 20 million dollars you should pay him now i'm not saying he's not actually worth that I think personally what Saquon brings to the New York Giants, he's worth every bit of $20 million. Like if you're going to pay some of these off-ball linebackers, these safeties, like these guys who don't have as much of an impact as some of these other defensive positions, Saquon Barkley sure as hell, if you look at that offense, goes, you take Saquon out of that offense and it's Matt Breed as as running back one or it's Eric Gray or Jay Sean Corbin. Is that offense worse? Yeah, by a long shot. But the owners are kind of making the hard stance where they go, well, yeah, we'll just find somebody else. And I think the owners also say, I think there's owners, Mike, that will say that you're probably right there. But you know what they all say is that the wins are, difference 
don't mean much. Yeah. And then also, if that is the the meaningful difference in our wins, we can't win big picture. Yeah. And I think that's the reason that I agree with you. I think there's actually owners that would agree with you, but I think they've all kind of spoken collectively. It's interesting, though, because that part there, and I want to talk about the collective of the expo, and I think that's a good parallel, is collectively the owners and the the way it's viewed, they're all basically putting this to where like running backs are feeling it. it, it it's, to, it's to the point where they are trying to also collectively fight back. And unfortunately for that position and those group of players, I mean, they're, they're just fighting a losing battle. Now I'm not telling them not to fight. I mean, of course, if you're, if you're in a position where you're one of the groups of people that are being ostracized and not feeling like you're getting your money's worth, you're damn right. You should fight back. I mean, I, I you could end up having to settle because you're, or not screw yourself of making more money, but the, they're not really, I agree. I think Saquon to the giants, like for example, had, had, had this gone more poorly and we have to watch Daniel Jones, who just got paid handsomely right. really for what he is. Yeah. Go out there without Saquon Barkley and that cast of characters of, I mean, Sorry, Dynasty Genesis. If that's the meanest thing I say on here, uh, that's okay. But like, Listen, Darren, man, Dar- we, Darren Waller's getting older. He, when's the last time he's been healthy? We, we know they're all NFL players, and you know, right. I, I envy the fact that they make it to the NFL, and that you can even get a starting job somewhere. You can even get a contract. I mean, Mike's talking about nine hundred K. Like Saquon, he he got nine hundred K extra. I mean, what will we all do with nine hundred K extra? On the on the scale of things, though, when you think about it, when you say cast of characters for the Giants, yeah, we can all admit like they have a subpar offensive skill player group. Darren Waller's fine, but like you said, he's he's on the older side. You look at those wide receivers and you go, man, they would have a hard time for a lot of teams starting anywhere else or even cracking that third wide receiver role. I mean, you put Wandell Robinson on uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals. Is he is he even wide receiver four on that group? Like he's competing with Charlie Jones or Trent Irwin. I was gonna say, don't forget, don't forget Trent Irwin. Now. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget. Put some Trent respect Irwin. on Trent Irwin's name. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, realistically, like Daniel Jones plays the right position. Yes. But take Saquon Barkley out of the Giants' offense, and what is Daniel Jones? I'm, well, we're not gonna know. No. This year, unless there's a uh, catastrophic injury. But po- point is, I am still of the mindset that that would not have gone well. And I think, see, this is where the concession for me comes in. That concession, and that's where Saquon Barkley ends up getting it, and all the antics, whatever you want to call it off the field, work because here, here's the difference there. They have an investment that they are as a team required to do everything they can now to make that investment the best investment they can. $900,000 of Saquon Barkley would be foolish, absolutely foolish to allow that guy not to be on your team and happy to make your well over $40 million investment with Daniel Jones not go. Correct. And that's ultimately what you're seeing there. And I think that is a rare scenario, though. That's why I wanted to put that out there. That's not what you're going to see from a lot of these teams. So, like with the Raiders, with the Josh Jacobs thing. Right. Did, they don't have a big investment in Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, yeah, it's Jimmy G. Right. They, Jimmy GQ. That's a 
Yeah, they don't. We're, I'm, I'm looking at Mike facetiously. <laughs> Stop. They, they don't have a big investment in him, so what's their incentive to whatever they're paying the quarterback to, to bring Josh Jacobs in to make that offense the best it could possibly be? What happens be? now? You pay him handsomely so that he can do how much better than he did last year. He got right. tore it up. Right. And what's that, what does that look like? Right. And how does that help your team ultimately win games? I mean, I'm not saying he's not he's – not, He's valuable, but for them and what they're dealing with, he's in a totally different situation than what Saquon Barkley is. And I think the point that I'm making here is that we have to – I mean, from where I'm at a year ago to now, is it's it's all culminating to the same thing for me here, Mike. Last last year we're – I mean, I say passing like a blunt. We, we weren't even passing. It's just sitting in the middle and we're like going to lean in and talk to the mic at the same time, mm. right? It's a different thing for us now, and I think when I look at the position, it's totally changed. I I used to look at it in windows and values, and how many years can I get out of this running back? And I'm looking at you know Javante Williams, and as much as I still will defend the fact that I think he could have been a good player, the risk and reward were just awful bets. Yeah, and we can sit here and admit it. I, I you know how much I pounded the table for. Travis Etienne, and then he he gets hurt, he breaks his foot, and you're right. like, ah, oh, he's he's still good, right? And uh, la- this time last year, I'm like, I'm I'm in on Travis Etienne. Like you guys have been sleeping, he's back. Well, then the community takes it, and all of a sudden he gets elevated to a level where I go, uh, I think right. I, I think I'm, it's a little bit too risky. I think I'm kind of like that with just about every running back at this point, where I go, uh, seems yeah. a little too risky. I I'm not gonna say. You know, I've heard this thrown around, uh, look at running backs now in one-year windows, and I think that that's true for probably 95% of the running backs that we talk about, right? Yep. Javante Williams, you just met. You look at him in a one-year window. What can he do this year? Can he can he bounce back off that ACL and produce? And if he can, this is a guy that, you know, he's going to cost maybe a late first or less, you know, a second, a throw-in player, something like that. But this is what he's going to be for the next couple of years. J.K. Dobbins, your guy Cam Akers. Travis Etienne for me. Right. There's very few running backs where I look and I can project like two years safely. And who, and who he- are they? And heaven forbid I can get to three years. Who, who are they? Let's just for the sake of two year two years of, of production. Like I feel safe if I were to buy them now that I'm gonna get two years worth of dynasty value. Because it's funny, I was I that's where I was going, but you you got there. So t- talk. Who are the list of the five percent for you that are two year windows or more? Bijan Robinson. Okay. Jameer Gibbs. Okay. And those are easy because they were both first round rookies this year. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna put Brees Hall in there. Okay. Uh, we t- we talked about him a couple shows ago. I think I would put him in there. Okay. Jonathan Taylor for me, um, I've been very vocal about this on the AMA where, man, even if JT don't play this year, he comes back, he's still 25-year-old Jonathan Taylor and still has the, – the skills didn't go anywhere in one year, even if he don't play football. Like as far as if we're talking about guys who could potentially maintain first-round draft pick value where I'm going like in 2024, could I see myself sending a – Late first for Jonathan Taylor, yes. Sure. Hall, At the yes. right time, yes. Yes. Uh, Jameer Gibbs and Bijan, even if something catastrophic were to happen to them this year, you know, they they have a, a Travis Etienne. Like, they, they got that foot in. I don't even remember what it was. A Liz Frank or Liz whatever. Frank, yep. Yeah. They have something like that. Those are guys where I go, yeah, I could make that investment. We get past that, though, and there is. Yeah. 
Well, but uh, I mean, I think l- let's just start at the top. What's that? Four running backs? Yeah, you name four. And I, I, let's just start at the top. The first two you made you, you made mention of, though, like let's just let's just put the cards on the table. Dynasty degenerates. Th- those are both top twelve running backs. Just understand in today's day and age, where the running back is where it's valued. Top twelve running backs are the NFL team has spoke clearly. Where yeah. they view this player, yeah, and likely what that also means is where they, they if they have to take him in the top twelve, that means a lot of other teams value him there too. Yes, so let's put that on the table, and that's so few and far between. But then the second part about that same cast of two that we have to really, I think, dive into is what there has been no time for them to have the value loss that the position is so known for. Yeah, and I think. I don't personally, right now, August 9th, believe that there's going to be a reason for Gibbs or Bijan to go down. And I think Bijan especially because it's there is a name, a feeling, a – this is Bijan Robinson. I mean, I can say that. And there – not everyone, but there are so many people that just – they feel what I just said without saying anything. Yeah. That's B. John Robinson. Yeah. I don't have to say a word to let you know what that is. Yeah. That's different. Jameer Gibbs, I think, doesn't quite have that, but I still don't think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a reason for big value loss. My point is, those are two rookies that have a big, sizable window with their contract of a rookie contract before they get to the point of Jonathan Taylor and all the running backs that we're looking at right now where there's even... What are they going to do? You're going to hold out in year one, year two. I mean, let's not get crazy, right? There, right. there's the reason that we value them there, and there's also not the injuries. There's not the lack of performance. We we don't have any of that sample size. So that's the first and foremost thing I think that we have to remember about the position. Because this time last year, I don't care. You can tell me we're stupid. Durante was never going to smash. I I'm not even going to tell you you're wrong, but I'm telling you the there was a mass of people that were taking Javante Williams in the top 15 to 20 in super flex drafts all off season. Yeah. I mean, that was a knee injury that what are we talking about now? Yeah. People tell you basically you can't get a first in the average league. Yeah. hundred percent. There's a top 15 startup pick. Yep. So just to me, it's a, Okay. I love making risky moves, man. I play Dynasty risky. I want, and the reason I play risky is I want to win. I'm willing to risk it to win. But if you're telling me right now that if Javante smashes, let, let let let's create an alternative world where Javante smashes. I mean, it it's going to take him a lot to return even better than top fifteen value. Yes, is it possible? Absolutely. That's why we drafted him there. Wrongly, but. Yeah, okay. Let, let's even say he hit it out of the park. Like the we saw in his rookie year when the Chiefs came, when they gave him all that opportunity and they're trailing and it's pass work and everything the whole view of Javante Williams changed in one game. When we saw that, you you're looking back and like, man, this is now a guy that can take this. You know, there's no one in his way anymore. He can just take this and run with it. Even if he hits that, 
I mean, maybe I want a league. That's what you, that does matter. And I'm saying maybe. Yeah. Because when you take him in the top 15, like he better be, or you were going to lose the league. Because that's the the reality is the risk absolutely titanic to your fantasy team. Yes. So for me, it's I can put my feelings aside when it's that big and it's that catastrophic. I don't care what I think, feel. I know that that type of risk is baked into the young guys too. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jonathan Taylor is not valuable, but I the reason I would say I personally don't want to put him in a two-year window is not that he's not capable. I have no idea what those next two years entail. Jonathan Taylor may not be someone that fits this year. As much as I want to, I personally will bang the drum. You will hear me on shows say, I think he's a value. I'll pay for him right now. I'm also willing to risk it. I just told you that at the start. I'm willing to risk it. You know, I'm willing to take that risk. I don't know. I do not have a crystal ball. I can't tell you Jonathan Taylor is suiting up and playing the whole season for the Colts. But at his cost, I'm willing to risk it. I also know that that's not a guarantee. So I can't tell you right now that he's a two-year bet. I'm willing to make that risk, but I don't. I can't tell you that. So to me, it's 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 two guys that are in the top 12 as rookies, and they don't have any reason to have warts yet. So yeah. that's why the position as a whole just – if I'm telling you those are the two guys I want to bet on for longer than the windows, okay, fine. That is the absolute rare scenario, though. How many guys even get drafted in the top 12 at running back anymore? So it's just, I think it's understanding that for me, personally. I don't, and it's not telling you or any person else out there listening to Dynasty Genesis that you're wrong. That's where I'm coming from in the lens of that, this position, which if you go back and just, if you're interested, you know, you want to have some fun before the season starts, go, go listen to the ATM of old, man. You're going to have, don't check your balance. It was bad. It was real bad. <laughs> I think, too, anytime you mention first-round running backs, if you think about it, when they get to the third or their fourth year, it's they're, they've already experienced one big payday. Like Bijan, when we talk about running backs, as far as just what they're making this year, yeah. richest running back this year, right? He got the massive amount of signing bonus for, for where he Great got drafted. Point. Guys like Jonathan Taylor, you know, these other kind of running backs, Josh Jacobs, you know, in his four, fourth year going on his fifth year, he had his fifth year option decline. He was a first round running back. But if if the fifth year option gets picked up, those guys are usually pretty content because the fifth year option is is a lot of money. Well, and I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the market, but they're, <laughs> they're going to be paid more than anyone else out there right now right. for those fifth Getting a fifth-year option for those guys right. is going to be massive. So they have that security if it's picked up. Plus, you know, if they're in their third year, they're only a couple years away from payday. Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand, was a second-round draft pick. Right. He didn't get that massive signing bonus, right? So he's going into his, his fourth year going, hey, you know, where's my money? Like, I haven't really got a big payday yet. I didn't experience it. Like, you know, Travis Etienne would be a good example First round draft pick, Najee Harris, same year. Like these kind of guys, when they get to the fourth or the fifth year, mm-hmm. their fifth year option is kind of that thing. Like if you guys pick it up, I know I'm getting paid. Like right. we don't have a whole lot of contract disputes. I know I'm getting money from you. If you're a second round pick, you don't have that luxury and you didn't get that massive signing bonus for first round like like a lot of these guys did. So I understand where they're coming from, especially guys like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Josh Jacobs having his fifth year option decline going, Hey, 
like that was my my safety window that that was my net uh and you guys took it away so where's my payday i need that money so it's interesting to think i i still want to put jt in it just because for the simple fact it's you're going to be hard pressed to like you can you can tell me about javante williams you can tell me about some of these other guys but none of those guys have come close to being RB1 overall for an entire season like Jonathan Taylor did. I think he's just a little bit In production, you're talking. In production, yeah. right? Did, I, just, I just wanted to clarify for everyone that was saying, well, Javante was RB2 on Keep Trade Cut last year. And I'm, you're not wrong. We're talking production Production-wise. Right. Actually put up the fantasy points, and you can make the argument about it was the lowest RB1 season of all time or whatever the case may be. But the fact was, out of all the running backs, he was number one. And that's going to carry some weight, at least in dynasty value mind for a lot of people. Sure. This is going to be a lot of people like you and I going, this dude was just RB1 a couple years ago, and he's only this this amount of years old? Yeah, I'll pay that. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to risk it. Javante Williams, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, no. <laughs> like, the, it's done. It's Yeah, I think, though, the, great points. Kenneth Walker is going to be another one. Well, right. You saw what it did to his dynasty value just by them drafting Jet, uh, Zach Sharp. Like where you're at, like you go, holy hell! Right. If if just drafting a second round running back like Charbonnet can tank your dynasty value from RB one or RB two, well, wherever it was, to ten, eleven, twelve, just like that. Well, and you know what's funny about that though is that see see this goes to a point that I think is, I think what's so hard to talk about for this position is because every. You know what's obvious? Dynasty generous. You know what's really obvious is everybody knows the running back position is extremely fragile right now, and no one knows how to handle it, but they all know they don't want to really invest too much in it. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. But what's hard to, to put a value on is that. And I think for me, when I go to evaluate the running back position now, it's going to be in a lot shorter windows. I think that's not going to be something that's missed by almost anyone that's playing that's, Dynasty yeah, Serious. Right? We all know that. But here's, I think, the difference with when we talk about, I, and I want to make sure to make this point, and you, everyone listening, Mike, and I don't care who you are, and I, I know Mike's more bullish on Jameer Gibbs than I am, but I'm also pretty bullish on Jameer Gibbs. I just, I just am not, you know, I just don't happen to be the loudest Jameer Gibbs fan in the world that's the only difference you know but like I can tell you right now if you told me today I gotta make a bet on one of the two who am I betting on and everyone knows the answer and there's no one they're gonna fight me including Mike and I think this is what we have to talk about Jameer Gibbs is not a hated person like it's not like Jameer Gibbs is a bad name he's got a great name the weight check-in and I think the weight check-ins we need to start putting a little more in check as the position changes but he he's not this flawless like oh my gosh this is a talent that we cannot ever mm. think that could not do well, and the difference like when you talk about Kenneth Walker is see Kenneth Walker was a guy that had to fight the narratives. Kenneth Walker was not somebody that people believed in. Kenneth Walker was the opposite. Kenneth Walker was the one that just happened to go to the spot and. You know, the class wasn't good at running back, and it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to take Kenneth Walker. Unless you're in a league with Mike and I, and you didn't have that chance where you wanted him. That's the difference. And then he played well as far as fantasy goes. Forget raw counting numbers and what he did. 
he did well relative to what we think is in fantasy. And he came on strong at the end. And then, see, dynasty managers show their true colors in adversity. Oh, they drafted Charbonnet. I, I'd never believe in Kenneth Walker to begin with. I don't, I want out of <laughs> Kenneth Walker shares. And I think that's the thing for me with Kenneth Walker. And it's where, okay, if I want to make a bet on B. John Robinson, personally, I don't even want to do that because it's just such a rich bet. Like, I see what he trades for in the market. Right. But if I'm going to do it, it's like, all right, it's Bijan. Because if Bijan goes out and tears an ACL, please find Wood. I I can't knock on this because it's fake. But it, it's real. nobody wants that. But if it happened, I know that I can get out of Bijan at a reasonable discounted cost. Right. You can't say that about almost anybody. Correct. And I think that is the way that I word it and think about it. Kenneth Walker, if he does well, he will buck the trend. I will make people eat crow, but the reality is he is not safe. Yeah. He is safe from nothing. I mean, Zach Charbonnet, I love the guy, but Zach Charbonnet may be nothing to Kenneth Walker, and it doesn't matter. His dynasty value was affected for no reason other than a player selection. And it would be hard to ever make that back. And, 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 and frankly, when you talk about those guys you mentioned before, it's the last thing I'll say on this matter is, so you talked and you translated into, you know, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers and these guys. And I think for me, I'm looking to now almost, especially in this economy, where can I make a bet on a guy like a Cam Akers? Now, you, you listen to this podcast, you say, Adam, you're cheating. So fine, I'll take a different route. You know, I, you know I love Cam Akers. J.K. Dobbins will go with. Where I believe in the talent a little more than everybody else because now they just sh- they just soured or they're just so scorned, injuries, letting him down, you know, being hurt throughout the season. I think J.K. Dobbins at his cost, you may not call it sexy, but I think he can beat it, and I don't have to pay a whole lot. Mm. And I think this is kind of the thing where, for me, I'm looking at windows of where is there stale value gaps that I think I can win on because JK Dobbins cam Akers, relative to a lot of running backs are no different. People don't want to look at them any different and that's fine. I I'm not telling you, you can't, but for me, it's like maybe I can make small portfolio bets on guys. I still believe in that. I know there's risk, but that's why there's the cost of the risk that I can make now where I'm doing it in a one year window and it doesn't cost me the old days of man, I've got JK Dobbins and I'm set for life. And then, you know, Harbaugh has them out there in the preseason just to ruin all that for you. Like that's that, that to me is something I think I'm looking for is where are those cheap bets I can make that I think have big winning upside where I'm not going outside of this massive value for long periods of time. I think there are guys you can tear down that are just as risky, um, and you can tear down into those J.K. Dobbins, the Cam Akers, the you want to get crusty and go, you know, you already mentioned Cam Akers about your love, my Antonio Gibson love. Who? Yeah. <laughs> you can tear down into those kind of guys where they, they carry just the same amount of risk. So sure. a, a good one. You and I both have kind of come around and really started to to believe in Tony Pollard and what he could be this year. But yeah. he's, he's not without risk. He's not like maybe last year what we saw from Tony Pollard is all we ever get. 
and and maybe it never gets better. Maybe it gets worse this year. We don't we don't actually know. Or maybe he gets banged up and you know kind of has a rough year. This is a guy who could go to zero just like some of these other dudes. So why not kind of make that bet if people really want to bank on a, a guy who's got wrists like Tony Pollard? I go, hey, you know, I'll take your your J.K. Dobbins in a second, or I'll take your J.K. Dobbins. It doesn't even have to be a draft pick. I'll take your J.K. Dobbins in a threshold type wide receiver. Well, I think you know what's funny about that is though, see, talking about the expo and just a year ago, but I'll even broaden it to not just a year ago, but two three years ago. You, you were looking at trading a asset which has long-term value at the running back position and you do that for a bet like that and you got to pay a lot more but i think that i think is something that's going to be something that's a lot more of a commonplace commonality talking about the expo again it's really still a one-year bet for both sides Mm -hmm. but someone has to give the plus here because we think if all smash pollard just is going to be it Right now, sure that's the case, but look at what we just said about the running back position. So much really is about a lot of factors. Are they healthy? What kind of workload are they getting? How good is the football team? Like, there's a lot of things that go into that. Tony Pollard, I like him. I've actually been excited to take him in a few spots, like underdog especially. But man, not that I don't have him on dynasty teams. If you're telling me I can get real value back on top of another one-year bet, how much do you believe in Tony Pollard? And then if that's the case, you got to ask yourself the entire much larger question in my mind, which is today, what's your process? If, you, if you're going to go, I'm all one-year running back and all this other stuff, but you're re- going to lean that far into one player at running back's bet, are you sure your process is not BS. Right. You know, are you sure you're not just getting swindled by you want this Tony Pollard and you're totally leaving your process for this type of a trade? I think there's a lot of one for ones you can make too. Um, if you feel like a certain running back is a little bit more risky than let's just say JK Dobbins, but I can honestly say JK Dobbins carries a lot of risk. Cam Akers carries a lot of risk. Sure. But I think Rashad White carries a lot of risk. And there's some people out there that value Rashad White a lot higher than they'll ever value any of those other two guys. And why? Because he's young and we haven't seen him fail. Which we is have- which is why that that's I just want to make the point because I fully a hundred percent agree with you, by the way. But I just want to make sure Dynasty Generous understand your league here and understand the situation because what that's gonna actually do for him is you're finding a league mate that's gonna value youth. So if yeah. you're in a league where that's like that elementary thing doesn't right. exist. But to your point, yes. If I mean, my goodness, if 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 you can, I I know I I won't do this trade one for one for an acres because I it just I know I don't have to. Mm-hmm. But if you told me I'm getting a small plus to do it, I'm in just because we're we're betting on youth on a guy like White, and he's also I mean, we don't project the offense to be good. Like there's there's not a lot about the pro, the projection of this year or even next year. And a guy we're valuing is young, right? Which is just to your point. That is, those are the type of moves that if you can make right now, oh my gosh, at running back, you should be doing it. I, in my opinion, Rashad White could go off, and I won't be, you know, looking at anything but dumb again. But it, I, I'm with you. I think the bigger point for me is uh, when I rank dynasty running backs anymore. 
it's going to be like there's a there's a certain tier like i said where it's that that night that five percent of the 95 percent where i go okay they got some factors going for them. maybe it's Jonathan Taylor's production. Maybe it's what we saw from Brees Hall and only being in the second year. Maybe it's Bijan and Jameer Gibbs because rookies and in, in their draft capital. But everybody else, I really feel like, just kind of falls into a big jumbled category of 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 the same tier. Now, to varying degrees, and that's why you rank them higher. Like, do I feel much better about Nick Chubb's outcome for this year than I do Antonio Gibson? A hundred percent. I hope so. <laughs> but in the same sense, I look at it and I go, if I'm forecasting for 2024 and I'm trying to think, like, who's the better dynasty value in 2024? Antonio's Gibson age plays nothing into it at all. Like, no. nothing. He, he, well, he's now outside of – see, I think that's another thing about running back that's so interesting. Antonio Gibson was once somebody that really climbed the ranks and he had all the size, speed, and – I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I never bought into some of it. You know, <laughs> yes. I'm not going to, I don't care if you're a new listener or not. Yeah, I'm not doing that to you. But when you get to the point where he's at, where they bring in a plotter and he kind of relegates you to nothing, you, <laughs> your, di- your dynasty value is done. Like forget, you could end up going to a new team and having a great season, mm-hmm. but your dynasty value is baked. It's right. over. It's done. And I think that's something for the position that we – another reason why I'm in such a smaller window, if you miss your window, like understand how small the windows are for all these players in their dynasty value, different than production per se. You miss a year of dynasty value. You miss injuries. Like Dynasty value for that position is so fickle and unpredictable outside of – I'm talking – Household names that you've known since they were in high school. Why would you ever want to carry that type of risk? No insurance company would ever let no. you carry that type of risk. No, you would be doing yourself a disservice to carry that type of risk at that type of a price point. So, unfortunately, here I am telling you all that, knowing that not very long ago I was carrying that type of risk. But I've learned from it, you know? Yeah, yeah you got to get burnt. Like I said, uh, there's, I mean, there's putting your finger right on the stove, buddy. <laughs> you got to get kicked in the teeth a few times. It, it sucks to say, but that's how you learn. Um, running backs are an interesting one. I, I think this has been a pretty damn good discussion about these guys, and it's a good way to kind of think of it. And uh, what I've seen personally, at least for me, and at least in a lot of startups, whether it's underdog, you know, doing a dynasty startup, the old crusty guys that just sit there and produce. And I'm not even talking the elite. We mentioned Nick Chubb. You got the Austin Ecklers and the Christian McCaffrey's, like those kind of guys. But think about how fickle we were on Alvin Kamara and his his dynasty value in a startup. Like people are sending this guy away for peanuts. He's getting suspended for the whole year. You get him in a startup for, you know, the 11th round, a 12th round startup in a 12-teamer super flex league. And you right. Go, if you made that bet and all of a sudden you come out, you know, just within the last week and you go, oh, he's only getting three games? Only three games. That's just like he, he got a little ankle sprain. and Oh, well, I already kind of factored that into just about every game. I was going to say, every running, back should, <laughs> every running back on your mind should miss two or three games. So. And I go, this is, a guy to, this is a guy who's got a chance at, you know, maybe pushing top 12, top five running back finishes on the year. I'm making a one-year bet. Twelfth round, sign me up. 
Dalvin Cook's another one. We talked about him a couple shows ago where it's, you know, ninth, tenth round startup. And even on underdog, I mean, he's in the damn near in the 40s or 50s for ADP for running back. And this is a guy I can see, depending on situation he goes, Dalvin Cook finished like RB8, 9, 10 this year. I wouldn't be shocked. And you're getting him at 40 prices. And it's all because he's old, he's crusty. We don't like him no more. We just write him off. And I think those are the kind of the guys that I want to make more bets on at the cost of me taking a Zach Charbonnet, a Tank Bigsby, a Roshan Johnson, like the new hot thing in Dynasty that we're all like, oh, Isaiah Pacheco or Khalil Herbert's going to have a role. If I have any kind of opportunity to flip in a guy that I've already seen produce, I'm only betting on these dudes for one year anyways. The smart money tells me to go, let me go after these guys. Let me go after Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones has a possibility of doing this. Like I – I know his ceiling. I haven't seen these other guys play. So I think that's probably the biggest change for me in the running back position. We can talk about the top because it's all sexy, but I think down in the dirt, the crust, Mm -hmm. is where you can really still get those edges over the rest of your league. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, talking about this at, like, full circle, and, you know, Mike, a year ago, I mean, we're out here staunchly defending this position, you know. (laughs) I mean, gosh, I... You know, it's Whoops. funny because in the moment, the first like month, I'm like, man, like this does not feel good being wrong in front of your take. And now, like, I would never want those to be gone because it, to me, it's a learning process in how we got here. Right. You know, and I think ultimately the biggest thing there though that I'm talking about there is like that's changed. Like, I, there were people, you know, Scott. Hi, Scott, you know, that were right. And they were all over this and they told you so. But plenty of people missed. Plenty of people were not quick to adapt to this value change. Right now, we all know and we're living in this change. And even last year, let's say you might have seen it. But two years ago, when people, there was not anyone that looked at college and said 23 is not going to be ridiculous. I don't care who you were. Right. Everybody made that bet. Scott. Hi, Scott. You made that bet. Everybody made that bet. It's not a shot at anyone. It, the point is, what do we know happens? Things change. Things change in dynasty fantasy football. Things change in the way the running backs are valued. I mean, things change in the way the receivers are valued. Gosh, th- things change definitely in the way Daniel Jones is valued. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, in, in general, the point I'm making here is change happens. And, like when we first started doing 4D, man, I, I remember vividly like, holy crap. Mike, we're going to do a podcast on Destination Debbie Radio. I mean, I remember having the conversation with you after we were going to have it. Like, we couldn't believe it. Right. We found each other. We we met in the Destination Debbie Heisman chat. And like the fact that we were going to do a podcast under the Destination Debbie feed was like, you talk about the expo and Christmas. I mean, that doesn't even right hold a candle to that moment. And we did that. And man, I remember every single time we do an episode, it's like, <laughs> I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited to do it. <clears throat> Still am today. And we've been doing them for a year and a half, essentially a little longer. You know, we started in the beginning of 2022, started the year. Speaking of, flaming hot takes go take a peek uh if you want to at the uh you know are you sure you want to 
leave all those quarterbacks in 22 on the board and uh you don't need to know where the uh the answer lies but you know, with change, and no one saw the running back position changing. And when we said we're doing four D, like I, I couldn't even believe that we were getting the opportunity, let alone we'd be doing it this long. Yeah, I really couldn't. 80, I mean, not some episodes in. Never could have seen it coming at all. Never could have seen what this would mean. The expo again, like all of the things that it's brought, and I honestly, this has been such an incredible ride doing every single one of these four Ds and. Um, you know, kind of getting to the change point. Like, 4D is not going to go away specifically, but it won't be on the destination Debbie feed anymore. And that was something I would have never told you could ever have been. Yeah. What the outcome was, and it's, it's not that you know, that was what I intended from the beginning or where we are all looking at now. But the reality is, things change, and things change for the good and the bad, and whatever that may be for your dynasty teams is just the same as it is in real life, and a lot of it's applicable across the space and it's not just only dynasty takes or fantasy takes and um letting everybody know this is this is it this is the the final 4d on the destination Debbie feed and that that that's crazy to say but that is um that is where we are and if you want to keep listening to this podcast we will still do it on our side with south Harmon. but you know we've we've been growing our own brand something we didn't see really coming i mean when Ray asked us to do it, Mike and I, you know, we argued with each other and we had a patron that gave us a dollar a month, but no one really listened to it. So it was just mm-hmm. arguing with each other and <laughs> we didn't think that it would be this spot. So things change and, uh, for better, or for worse. So I'm, I'm excited for the future, man. I am. Um, I, I would be remiss to say that like, I love everybody in this space here, destination Debbie fan bases and, this is not, you know, none of us are, I hope anyway, having issues or we're going to be gone soon, but you know, I'll miss doing stuff on this channel, but, uh, come check us out on our, on our journey as we continue, man. We, we appreciate every single one of you dynasty generous supporting us along the way. Um, we're just getting started, but unfortunately this will be the last time you hear us on this des- uh, destination Debbie feed for now. And, um, come check us out on the South Harmon side. Definitely a, a bittersweet, episode to do ray uh ray had the foresight to be like listen i've listened to you guys i think you guys could do something and uh i didn't believe him you didn't believe him uh you know we're doing a a podcast basically for our friends and family and uh, i don't even think they listened so (laughs) the fact that 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 ray had listened and said i think there's something here and uh, having the foresight to put us on uh grow our audience by leaps and bounds over here on what he's doing at Destination Debbie was incredible. It has been a a wild ride, and it's bittersweet for me for the fact that you don't want to leave, right? It's like when you grow up and you're a kid, and uh, the there's been a family over here for us, and it's it's cultivated lifelong relationships not only between you and I, uh, Jay Rich, Ike and Gene, Brandon, uh, behind the scenes, JB, Ray, of course, and, and some of those diehard Heisman members that we started out with way back in the day. Sure. It's been, uh, it's been a journey, but it's, uh, it's a little bit bitter cause you never want to leave, but it's also sweet on the, uh, the side that it's taken off through the support of the people who've listened to us and who have helped us grow our own thing. 
and grown South Harmon to the point where it's more than sustainable. It's it's something where, you know, my time and effort, your time and effort has to be focused on, hey, what are we doing for our thing? And it's something where we can't give 100% to Destination Devi anymore, right? Like it's it's become a... Uh, uh, like a, a side job, <laughs> we have a we have our main job, and then we have our side job, and we still put in maximum amount of effort every time we hit the record button here and try to bring the best possible content we can. But you know, when I'm thinking about the 200 and some people in our Patreon that I got to take care of in the Discord and what we're doing for the AMA and what we're doing for the trade show, and you know, the the business has grown to leaps and bounds, and it's a good problem to have where I'm going. I got to learn how to be a bookkeeper, man. I I hate accounting, but I got to figure this out. I don't want the IRS yeah, coming we're, after we're, me. I mean, for that part alone, we might need to take a break from the uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the podcast as a whole. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. So it, it kind of feels like we, we've grown up and we're going off to college and, and Ray's going to turn our room into a hot tub, <laughs> which, is, which is fine. He cultivated this thing. So... It's uh, sad to go, but I'm also excited in the same sense for the amount of uh, the amount of effort and, and work that we've already put into South Harmon and where it can go from there. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, I think I, I'm I'm somebody that's uh, probably to a fault. Like, I, I loyalty to me is such a big thing. The fact that, like, Mike, realistically, without Destination Debbie, you know, you and I don't even meet. Right. Like this whole entire yeah. thing, this this journey, all the people, everything I talked about with the expo, it's impossible. Eh, it shouldn't impossible, but it, it would have to be outrageously different in finding similarities that someone else across the world that it's not going to happen. Like this, this place for me will always be something that gave me an opportunity for myself that I never even knew existed. Right, and that you can't quantify what that means to anybody. Right. And so, so that, that is what is tough to walk away from. But as far as the excited part, man, I look back at last year. I mean, I, I actually can't get any worse. (laughs) I can tell you my takes were bad. We we're talking in one mic. It's, uh, I think it was on the right way, but I don't know. It didn't sound very good. We're, we still got the same casting couch, but that's for effect at this point, you know, like, I I know that the excitement that I have for it now doesn't match what I had last year and where we're going and what this is going to be and what 4D already has, has serious following. Like, I don't care what you think of the takes Mike and I have had on certain players. There has been a serious following that has gained a lot of value throughout our terrible takes. Throughout our terrible takes, right. I, my, my, the excitement level that I have for the future is also not to be quantified. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, the last thing I'll say is, um, if you've been rocking with us this whole time, stick with us, because I promise you we're just getting started. I want to say thank you to everybody who who's listening to us, whether this is your first time or whether you've been with us since uh, my terrible Sam Howell take or <laughs> whatever that was. You guys have been incredible and you've helped us grow it. It's not going anywhere. Just won't be on Destination Debbie. We will be doing 4D chess still, podcast form, YouTube, probably even do a live stream. 
right? We will put it on there. and uh, No problem. <laughs> no probably. <laughs> no probably. So if you want to check us out, come over to SouthHarmonFF.com. We got a warp tool. We got all kinds of cool stuff. Mind Warp Series with Adam and Scott is incredible. Can't stress it enough. And if you're one of those diehard degenerates and you want to get in, you want to be in that uh, that sense of community that we uh, we so dearly love over here and how Adam and I met Patreon.com forward slash South 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 Harmon. Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. Man, I'm I'm mixing words here. <laughs> we got our that own. It goes up. back to the roots, man. We <laughs> didn't ever, you know, didn't feel natural doing it. You no, know? no. Just a couple dummies here who just like talking ball and strategy and dynasty, and it's it's grown from there. The the following has been incredible. So thank you all so much. Adam. Man, this is gonna be it, man. And um appreciate all you guys rocking with us. As Mike said, go to the South Harmon website go to patreon.com forward slash south Harmon. check us out over there south Harmon fantasy football podcast is alive and one final time on the destination debbie side just remember when your league mates are playing chess play 40 chess that'll do it for us we're out of here see ya